unmistakable, the sounds of the wild turkey. especially during the cycles of the wild turkey breeding season. You're listening to the Nature Photography Podcast, sponsored by Image Light. I'm Terry Vanderheiden, your host this week, as we take a look and listen to the wild turkey. These are large birds that are generally very plentiful across the U.S., and at certain times of the year, the wild turkey can be very easy to find and photograph. And other times... It will be like trying to track down a ghost. Like all wildlife photography, understanding the selected animal's behaviors first will make a much more enjoyable experience when you try to go out and photograph them. With turkeys, you just have to find them when they are, shall we say, distracted. In California, the turkey hunting season is usually from late March to early May, and then again for about a month in mid-November and mid-December. I know as photographers, we're not out hunting these birds, but in a way we are. We're just not killing them and putting them on our tables to eat. But we are stalking them out in the wild, so many of the techniques are transferable. For many game animals, hunting season can be the worst time to be photographing a specific animal. Take, for instance, the wild moose in Maine. I went there once in early October specifically to photograph moose. We frequented ponds where they had been seen feeding, game trails, and many other areas off the beaten track to find moose. The only moose I saw the whole trip were the ones that were strapped to the hood of some hunter's pickup. Yes, I decided to go photograph moose during hunting season. Lesson learned. Don't go stalking moose during hunting season. Well, for two reasons. One, most of them will scatter towards the hills the first time they see their buddy get dropped standing next to them. Moose are smart and are animals that can move really fast. They can run up the speeds of 35 miles per hour, which means when they need to get lost, they can do it quite quickly. They also have a great endurance, and they've been known to swim up to 10 miles without stopping. And the second reason is you don't want to be out in the woods carrying just a camera while your competition is out carrying powerful rifles. If you do go out to photograph animals during hunting season, be sure to wear at least vibrant orange outerwear to help keep yourself visible. The exception to this rule for photographing in hunting season is stalking your wildlife in either a state or national park and look for them in populated cities where hunting is obviously not allowed. In the case of turkeys, they can be found in many rural landscapes. We found ours at a local golf course. More about that later. If you're listening to this podcast, you're likely into photography. Coincidentally, so am I. I'm Terry Vanderheiden, full-time professional photographer. Not only do I create photographs for a living, I do photography just for fun. In my spare time, I also teach photography classes and workshops. If you'd like to find out more about what I offer, 
check out my website at imagelight.com. That's spelled I-M-A-G-E-L-I-G-H-T.com. You can also find some videos I've created over on YouTube. Just search for Terry Vanderheiden or search for uh, how to use a monopod and you can find me that way. Feel free to email me if you have any questions on the topics I cover in this podcast or suggestions on how I can improve it. If you like this podcast, please give it a star rating and maybe even a quick review so others can find it easier. It would be great if you could share this podcast with other friends who might have an interest in photography. I'd really appreciate it. And thanks again for listening. The hunting season for turkeys signals to us when the turkeys are easiest to find, making this time the simplest time to photograph them. In the southern part of the United States, turkeys start their breeding season in February, and as you find yourself further north, the season can start up to as late as May. This has to do with the increasing daylight hours that trigger the sex hormones in the male birds called the toms. The weather conditions will dictate this as cooler weather will stave off the interest of the hens until it gets a little bit warmer. During this season, the toms are trying to amass their own harems of hens. This is when the gobbling sounds are at their peak and toms are at their most vulnerable. It's their sex drive that makes a male turkey not think straight. And in some cases you can get them to come running right to you. Some simple calls that you can get at a Bass Pro Shops will do the trick, but there is a learning curve. The idea here is that you're trying to make one of two sounds with these calls. First is a call that sounds like a female turkey that's looking for a big strapping tom. It's kind of a purr that says to the male turkeys that they're looking for a mate. The second one is a gobbling sound that tells other toms that somebody else is in their territory and trying to make time with one of the members of his harem. This sound makes him come running as well, but this time with fury in their eyes. There are literally hundreds of turkey calls available for as little as a couple of dollars up to $150 each. These sounds all do something just a bit different from the next and turkey hunters will tell you that having a few different calls is the way to go. That way you can switch up and get the reaction that you're looking for. For starters, the most inexpensive calls are the mouth calls. If you remember us talking about mouth calls in an earlier episode on photographing coyotes, you can get mouth calls for a lot of different species, and there are several for just turkeys. With the turkey mouth calls, these are again a half wafer type device that you place at the roof of your mouth, and depending on how you place your tongue or how the air gets expelled through it, it can make different sounds. The upside to these is that you can easily carry them in your pocket. So whenever you need to call a turkey, you're ready to go. Also, if you have to hike a long way to get to your turkeys, it's one less thing to carry. Another reason mouth calls are desirable is that while you're using them, you can keep your hands free to operate your camera. The downside is it takes some practice to get good at them, to make them sound correctly. Here's how one mouth call sounds. 
Another version of a call is a friction plate apparatus. On this product, you use a supplied pencil-like device and scratch sounds out on this specially built resonating crystal plate that has a wood resonator on the bottom to amplify the sound. These take some skill in the art of calling turkeys, but once you learn how to do it, you can have them running right at you. Here's what a slate call sounds like. Again, you're trying to imitate the sound of a hen that's on the market, looking for a tom. Lastly, there's the box type calls. These are generally handheld wooden narrow boxes that have a lid attached. The sound is generated by pivoting the lid across the box slowly or with a rhythm. This sound is magnified by the hollow out section of the box. Here's a sample of a box call. This is by far the easiest turkey sound to make, as it takes very little practice to learn to make these sounds using a box call. Just slowly move the lid across the resonating box, and you're communicating with the turkeys. After you get a turkey call and start working with it, how do you know that you're making authentic sounds? One of the best ways to know that you're making accurate sounds is to download a turkey call app. Yep. There's, there's an app for that. There are a few iPhone apps on the App Store for iPhones, and a full turkey sounds can be found, and most all of them are free. These apps will list the sounds along with samples of the sounds you're trying to make, so that when you're practicing, you can be making the sounds that get the turkeys to respond the way you want. Before I forget, let me give you a few notes about using calls for calling animals for photography out in the wild. First off, you can't use any calls to lure an animal while you're in a national park. It's also forbidden in many state parks. It's considered harassing the animals. So make sure you know where you are when you start using your calls. Also, using electronic calls can be forbidden in some areas. It's strictly outlawed for hunting, but then again, we're not hunting the turkeys. But be smart about it. Don't be annoying any people around you and you should be fine. The basis of a turkey call is to make the toms curious enough to come to you to check it out. And I got to tell you, <laughs> this really works. My brother Ron happens to have a, quite a selection of turkey calls. So I had him come out with me one morning to be my caller while I made some photographs. After the break, you'll have a listen to my first turkey photography session using store-bought turkey calls. As a professional photographer, there's one tool that I use just about every day. And no, it's not my camera. It's my computer. And more specifically, it's Adobe Lightroom. I've been using Lightroom from the very beginning, since it was introduced back in 2007. I've taught many photographers how to use Lightroom in my hands-on classes, as well as through online training. 
I feel this program is the best available for organizing my photographs so I can find certain images among thousands I've shot over the years. But I especially like it for processing my raw photographic files. While many of my final images get some sort of treatment in Photoshop, all of my images are processed through Adobe Lightroom. All of them. My goal is to do as much image processing as I can in Lightroom first. This makes my workflow go much faster. One of the things that also makes my workflow faster are preset brushes. I've created several myself that are built specifically for wildlife and nature photography. These brushes are easy to load, easy to use, and make developing your images in Lightroom more creative. For listeners to this podcast, I'm offering a special collection of nature photography Lightroom preset brushes. You can use these to improve your nature photography, be it landscape or wildlife photography. These brushes are especially helpful with the processing of images I take of turkeys. When you download my Lightroom brushes, you'll also get exclusive access to the instructional videos to learn how each and every brush works and when to use them. Find out more by visiting my website, imagelight.com. That's spelled I-M-A-G-E-L-I-G-H-T.com. Click on the podcast page and you can order them right there. Okay, we're here at my local golf course. I've seen a rafter turkeys out on the course many times and thought this would be a good place to photograph turkeys. By the way, the technical term for a group of turkeys is rafter, but many people still refer to them as a group, as a, as a flock. But uh, you never want to use the term gobble of turkeys because it's not an official term, so you don't want to use that around wild turkeys. You, you might offend them. Golf courses are a fine place for turkeys to dwell. There's minimal predators and certainly no hunting by humans. There's lots of grass. And so eating grass happens to be one of the turkey's favorite springtime pastimes. That's, they, they have different things that they like to eat in different times of the year and grass is what they like to eat in the springtime. But there's also trees and there's seeds and, and insects to dine on. So safety, food, and water are, pr are a pretty good combo for turkey life. We spotted our subjects along the sixth fairway, so we just pulled the car and parked on the street. That way we can photograph the birds from the side of the road and not be trespassing on an, on an active golf course. At this time of day and this day of the week, there, there's very few golfers out here, so we won't be disturbing anyone. Equipment-wise, I've got my Nikon 600 F4 lens attached to my Nikon D5 camera. I chose this body because it shoots 12 frames a second, and it's usually my go-to camera for photographing wildlife. Honestly, when you're photographing turkeys, you probably don't really need a lot of frames per second. It's not like moving wildlife. You're gonna see when you're photographing the turkeys, they do some struts and they move around a little bit, but it's not like a bird taking flight. So my lens is mounted on a Wimberly gimbal head. This is a device that fits right on the tripod legs. It's, it's kind of looks like a half U-shape arm. My long telephoto sits right on a swiveling platform and then once it's balanced, I can quickly move the lens in just about any direction and leave it there without having to lock it down. I know I've said this before, but a rig like the Wimberly head makes shooting wildlife so much easier. If you want to see more on this, check out my videos on YouTube. 
just search terryvanderheiden.com or search for uh, how to use a monopod and you'll be able to find it that way. All right, so I've taken some test shots of tree trunks in this overcast light and uh, I've gotten the exposure of my raw files just to the way I want it. So now I'm switching my camera over to manual and inputting those settings in. My default setting on my camera is aperture preferred. Then if I'm not in an area that the light's not changing, I get the readings off of the first shot and then I switch it over to manual so all the images are shot at the same exposure. That way when I'm in Lightroom, I can make global changes to the images and not have to tweak exposure for each and every one. When photographing turkeys, I'm looking for the colorful heads of the toms to contrast with the green background of the golf course. They're really, really pretty. So we're not in a blind or anything, just a tripod set up on the edge of the road. Our advantage is, is that it's peak mating season. So these turkeys are hot to trot. They fluff up their bodies to begin the turkey strut. This is where they fan out their tail feathers and stretch their necks out, many times delivering a gobble call that, that varies in volume. This is only effective in springtime during mating season. My brother Ron is about to make some sounds on his scratching slate that imitates a female turkey sounds. The results vary from turkey to turkey, so we'll see what happens here. All right, we're at the golf course here, and we see a rafter turkeys about, probably about 150 yards away. And uh, my brother, who has these turkey calls, is gonna uh, start to call them in. So he's gonna use one of these scratch slates to call them in. And to be honest with you, I've never seen him do this. So, we're, <laughs> are you sure this is gonna work? I think this is going to blow your mind. Okay, all right. This sounds like fun. I'm ready. I'm going to start shooting when they start coming towards me. I've got a really long lens here, so they don't have to get that close. But the closer, the better. If it gets closer, I'll shoot their heads. But for right now, we're going to try to get some full body, and we'll see how they look. So whenever you're ready, go ahead and call them. I'm ready over here. Oh, oh my God. Look, they noticed it. Oh, my goodness. He's running right at us. Check this out. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay, hold it right there. Okay, awesome. Those are some great shots. Do you think, he, he seems like he saw us. I've been told over 100 yards away they can pinpoint you to a small circle. He knows we're here, but he thinks there's a hand here. So he's gonna go through his display. Oh, so no matter whether we're standing here or not, he's still gonna come even closer maybe. Hey, this is like a guy that sees a beautiful chick and he just got out of prison. He's coming in for some action. Okay. All right, do it again. Let's see if we can get a few closer. Oh man, this is awesome. Look at it, look at his strut. All his feathers are wide open. He's walking around like he's the king of the, king of the golf course. And, Oh, it, it, this is awesome. This is perfect. If he gets any closer, I'm just going to be getting headshots pretty soon. Oh my goodness, look. Okay. Looks like he's rotating for me. He's doing a little display here. This is awesome. He's, he's actually moving around, giving me different angles, which is just really cool. The color that's coming across his face, that blue that comes out in his, in his throat looks absolutely awesome. And, uh, oh, look at the Look at that color on the side of that thing. Turkeys, as freaky as they look, 
they have this beautiful cop copper hue. Some of the prettiest feathers ever. Oh, it's amazing. This is this this really makes a nice photograph with the background being the green of the golf course. It really contrasts really well. And I gotta say, I I I didn't I didn't know the capabilities here, how easy it would be. Now, does it take a lot of work to use that slate, or is that something you can do fairly quickly? If, if Terry, you can master this in a day. There's other calls you can master in five minutes, and I'm surprised every photographer doesn't do this. Well, yeah, this is just uh, this is a topic that uh, you know a couple of my close friends who do wildlife photography have photographed turkeys, and it's fun because it's it's getting the wildlife to come to you. You're getting them into the light conditions you want because if I didn't like this angle, I would just move to a different spot and get them to come to that angle because then I'm getting them in the right light that I want. It's awesome. The best part, it's a fantastic model that you don't have to pay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm going to a zoo. This is out in public, public land. Golf courses are really a good spot to find turkeys because, you know, there's lots of food and they like, they, oh, look, okay, look at that. Oh. Look at that, uh, yeah, I can't. This is awesome. In, in springtime, I carry calls in my car all the time. When I see turkey, I practice calling them. Oh, what a great idea. And you- You just pull over and start calling just them? Just pull over and call, and you will master your skills in a couple of weeks. Wow, that is so cool. All but, right, well, But I'm... the only thing I'd add to that is never practice where you plan to do your photography, because they'll catch on. Oh, do it elsewhere. Smart? The first time you call these birds, they're coming for real. Oh, okay. After a week of abuse, not so much. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so they're, they would be coming to something where there's no hen, and that's what they want. Yeah. And okay. the beauty of this, Tara, this place you found, there's no pressure here. There's yeah. no hunters. You're probably the only photographer in the world using a call to bring them in, or at least the only one I know. This no. is like a dream come true. It's this a brilliant awesome. idea. I hope everybody tries this because it's fun and it, and it just makes photographing a part of wildlife just a blast. So, all right, awesome. I'm going to keep shooting. Very good. The results were outstanding. I made plenty of photographs of turkeys that were really pretty easy to get. Let me talk a little bit about lighting. Your best light will likely be early morning light that's low across the ground, illuminating their feathers and colored heads. This direct sunlight will also illuminate the copperish looking bodies that can kind of look almost iridescent in the proper light. This is spectacular to see, and it's caused by the sun refracting off the feathers of the bird. The wild turkey can also look great under soft overcast light. While the colors don't explode like they would at a low angle sunlight, they do look quite nice. One of the best parts is the colorful heads of the male birds. The heads are made up of three specialized parts. The snood, which is a droopy bit of flesh that comes out just below the eyes and hangs a few inches down across the male turkey's face. Chicks dig the snood. So it's a real attractant to the female birds. The longer the better, go figure. The back of the head has some warty looking skin called the caruncles. That comes down and merges into the chin area. 
That flabby area in the chin area is called the wattle. These parts of the turkey can change color from bright blue to fiery red. The blue, a teal color, is very saturated with color, and this means that the bird is excited and looking for a mate. This is usually the head color you'll see in the spring when you're making sounds that mimic a female turkey. When these areas are red, that means that the male turkey is angry, in a fighting mood, as they say. You'll see these colors when there are other male birds trying to move into another bird's territory. This is where another sound, the gobble, that you can also make with a store-bought call, comes into play. This gobble signifies that, hey, I'm here to take your wives. <laughs> Fighting words in just about any language. So when this area of the bird turns red, you know that you've got its attention. This is a defense mode, and he's defending his harem that he's been gathering. A month or two before mating season, the tom turkeys are gathering up their hands into a harem of female birds. That way, when mating season begins, the male bird will have his pick and the convenience of everyone being right there close by. It's during this time that rogue jakes, what that's what they call younger male birds, will try to lure hens away from the heron. These fights, while they normally don't last too long, can be a spectacular photo opportunity. The birds will use these thorny spurs on their ankles to jab at the other bird, while many times twisting their necks around to peck the other bird. It looks kind of like a half fight, half dance, as the two male turkeys will go round and round. Eventually, one bird will come out on top, and I mean literally on top of the other bird. And the loser will slink away as the lesser turkey for that day. To photograph this display, you obviously need to be in the right place at the right time and be careful of having too long of a lens. Remember, you'll be having two large birds moving around violently and quickly, so you want to be back far enough to capture the whole scene. Since these birds are moving, you really need to have a very high shutter speed if you want to stop the action. So keep that shutter speed up in the one four thousandth of a second or higher for these battle scenes. For the most part, wild turkey photography won't require super fast lenses or high ISOs. As the birds move around slowly when they're strutting and showing off their feathers. Shutter speeds of a 250th of a second or a 500th of a second should do the trick. But remember, if you're using longer lenses, be sure to compensate for the magnification and increase that shutter speed. Wild turkey photography is a lot of fun and can be a challenge to get them to come to you but it's worth it. They really are spectacular birds, and had it been up to Ben Franklin, the wild turkey would have been the national bird instead of the bald eagle. For your own sanity, start with photographing the wild turkey in springtime, during mating season, as they will be much less wary, and since they only have one thing on their minds, it should make photographing them way easier. Next time on the Nature Photography Podcast, we're going to dive headfirst into the fascinating world of close-up photography. You'll be able to use techniques discussed in this episode to photograph all the creeping, crawling animals in your yard and nearby parks. You don't have to travel very far to have a blast hunting down subjects for close-up photography. Until next time, this is your host, Terry Vanderheiden, 
with the Nature Photography Podcast, sponsored by ImageLight.com.